Hi everybody, thank you so much for joining me today on this uh, episode. This is episode number 44 and this is the Fishing for Men with Mac podcast and today I'll be dealing with this fundamental question, are men and women equal? Now why am I dealing with that on the show? Well, um, it seems to be a question that have come up quite a few times over the last week. Uh, not too long ago, I was asked about the role of women in the church, and for in case you don't know about that, but there's a text in the book of Timothy that tells us that women are not allowed to preach or to teach. And so, uh, obviously, that would be offensive to some of the ladies out there, and they would say, but look, the, the Bible is sexist, and um, uh, women are being oppressed, and women don't have the same opportunities as men, according to Christianity. That's the one idea. And then I was asked a question last week as well by a young gentleman. We spoke about this idea that uh, Christianity promotes the idea that men and women are not equal. They don't have the same responsibilities. The Bible says, for example, that uh, uh, the husband is the head of the wife. Okay, and you can understand why that would be a problem. I mean, over the last few years, this feminist movement has come to the surface. And I'm going to read to you just a a definition of, of feminism in the Britannica. It's right open in front of me here, and this is what it says. What is feminism? At its core, feminism is the belief in full social, economic, and political equality for women. Feminism largely arose in response to Western traditions that restrict, restricted the rights of women. But feminist thought has global manifestations and variations. <coughs> Excuse me. So, that definition is sort of a very broad, soft definition of it. But uh, I think there's a lot of men across the globe that feel that this is an attack on, on manhood. And so this idea of patriarchy has really been, been, been um, beaten at. Um, this idea that men must lead and men must be the leaders and women and men are equal and they should get the same pay, etc., etc. So I thought... You know what? Let me let me talk about this. And this is just going to be a chat. So if you're interested in what God says about it, well, if what, what the Bible says about it, and what is God's view of the different sexes, I think it will help us to sort of create a clear picture and understanding. I do believe, obviously, in God. I do believe that we've been created by God. Both male and female, the Bible says, have been created by God. And that um, that means that we are each unique. And there's a purpose that we have. And I think sometimes we try to overlap those purposes. And that's when things go a little bit pear-shaped. Sorry, that was my phone. Let me just put it on silent here before it, it beeps again. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start in Genesis chapter 2 and just talk a little bit from there so that, so that I can give a biblical perspective. You know, because there's a lot of people that would say, look, um, you know, I, can't, I cannot believe that Christianity is true because Christianity promotes slavery and Christianity promotes this idea that a man is above a woman. Oh my goodness, and that cannot be. So Christianity cannot be true, cannot be a real faith. And if it's a real faith, I want nothing to do with it. And if, if the God in the Bible is like that, then I want nothing to do with him. But I think it's, it's based on a wrong understanding of what the Bible actually says. So obviously this is a topic that can be still elaborated on, but I'm going to try give us just a broad overview 
of what is transpiring in the biblical text. And I'm, then I'm going to try and sort of link it to science and, and what we know about male and female and then take it from there. You know, obviously, this is a very sensitive thing for some people. Uh, I know that some people have taken this really far and have, have said, no, but uh, God is a, is a female. Uh, and, you know, and I actually, actually had a question just recently on Cora where the, the you know, the question was asked, well, you know, is God male or female? And how should we address God? Is it him or is it is it her? You know, and I, I responded to that and I, I had a little bit tongue in the cheek response to that. And, and this is it. I mean, we've got a culture developing it today where there's gender identity issues, where people are confused about their gender. Well, certain groups of people, which is a which is a psychological issue, in, in my opinion. And these people want you to call them by the gender that they choose, right? So if you're a if you're a boy and you think that you're a girl, you want other people to call you she and 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 her. You get what I'm saying? So uh, our society feels that it's respectful to call people by the gender that they want to be called as, right? I think that's a fair um, judgment, and that's that's something fair, and I think that needs to be applied to God as well. God has revealed himself to us as a male. Now, what that means in terms of God, I've got no idea. But he calls himself he. Every single time in the Bible, thousands of times, he is he. He is the father. Okay, he's the father of our spirits. And it is his son, Jesus. And Jesus himself called him father. So if G if, if, if the creator of the universe calls himself father, then we call him father. We don't call him mother. We can call the earth mother earth if we want to, but God calls himself father. And I, th I think we should respect his gender identity. Okay. He is a male in our understanding and he reveals himself as a male. So just to settle that. Okay. So let's get into this. Uh, now that that's a little bit out of the way, we go to Genesis chapter two. And I'm going to read from verse 15, and this is obviously going to give us a, a perspective from God. So remember this, that Genesis means beginning. And so the book of Genesis gives us the beginning of most things. Um, in fact, the beginning of races, the beginning of languages. You want to understand why there's different uh, colors of skin, you go to Genesis. Uh, you want to understand anything from the beginning, the first marriage, the book of Genesis. Uh, you know, so anyways, so let's go and we look at. In the beginning, what was the idea that God gave towards gender? So verse 15 of chapter 2 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So from the God perspective, the man was created first. There was no uh, female. There was just the man. And his job was to work the garden and take care of it. <clears throat> and I think that God obviously designed Adam with the ability to do that, right? With strength. Now, if you've worked in a garden before, you would know that it is it is hard work. Then verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So we see now already there's two things that God gives Adam or commands Adam. Number one, he must work the garden. Number two, he's not allowed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a command that God gave to Adam. Now it's important to remember this as we go on. Verse 15 said, or verse 18, sorry, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
Okay, now, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here. Firstly, it's not good for a man to be alone. Now, if you're a man that is alone, you would know exactly what I mean. Uh, men who operate alone and who are satisfied and are happy, you know, I'm very happy that you are, but it's very rare. Generally, a man needs a partner. Okay, and look at this. And says, God says, I will make a helper suitable for him. Okay, he didn't say I'm going to make somebody just like him. He said, I'm going to make a helper suitable for him to help him do what? To help him, number one, work the garden. Number two, be obedient to God. That's why she's there, to help him, suitable for him. And this is interesting because a woman, if you look at a woman, she has been created to be suitable to a man. A woman compliments a man and a man compliments a woman. She's the missing puzzle piece in his life. She doesn't compete with him. And this is the problem that I have with the feminist movement. Where women are trying to compete with men. Right? We're, and just think about it. It's ridiculous to think about it. Ladies and gentlemen, a man and a woman, we are not the same. Let's just talk physically. We are not the same. Okay, if me and my wife, if me and my wife got into a boxing fight, I will whip her. She will lie down. Okay, so she can't compete with me in terms of physicality. She's going to lose. And the feminist movement saying, no, we're all equal. We're all exactly the same. No, we're not. We are not the same. Okay, generally men are bigger. Generally men are stronger. Okay, if you're listening to this and your wife is stronger than you, um, you know, that's that's a very rare incidence. And if she can knock you out, and then I would say, okay, that's rare. But generally, men are stronger than women, and we are physically more capable. Generally, men have longer hair, more hair. Okay, not longer, but generally more hair than women. Generally, men have more muscles than women. So we are already, we're not equal. Okay, we, we are not exactly the same. We're not supposed to be competing with each other. That is why there's big issues with the gender confusion in the Olympic Games and things like that. You don't take a man and let him compete with the women. Why? Because it's unfair. We're not equal physically. Okay, very important. A woman is soft. A man is hard. He's got this beard. But what a man longs is he longs that softness of a lady, that softness of a woman. She's like his pillow and his comfort. God made it like that so that they can merge together. You've got soft and hard coming together. Okay. Um, all right. So let's let's go on. Verse 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. What a beautiful text. You know, some people, they don't like this idea of a woman be call, be, being called woman. You know, like she's a secondary man. Uh, you know, I always joke and say that the reason why woman is called a woman is because the first time Adam saw Eve, he said, Whoa, man, 
because she must have been so spectacular for him. Why? And, and she was made to be spectacular to him. That's why even men today cannot live without women. They are just phenomenal, right? We can't keep our eyes off them. And so what's interesting here that I just want to point out is how the two were created. Adam was created from dust. So you can step on him. All right. Like you step on dust, you can step on him. But a woman was not made from dust. She was made from the man's rib. And I think that there's some significance there. She's special, guys. A woman is special. If a woman ever feels like she's not... She's not at the same level of a man. I would say she's even more special than a man. She brings children into the world. She was made from my rib. Wow. Right? What does that mean? What does your rib do? What does your rib do? Your rib protects the most important organs in your body. Your rib protects your heart. And that's what I love about my wife is that she genuinely is she genuinely is the protection of my heart. She's the person that I can be vulnerable with. I, I, can be, I can be weak in front of her. I can cry on her lap. I can't when I leave the house. When I leave the house, I've got to be the big, strong man. You know, when you get out of, into the world among the men, you've got to be a man, you know. But when I get home, I can reveal my heart and she will protect my heart. But there's also something else that's very important about the rib. The rib is a very sensitive place. You want to hurt somebody, you punch him in the rib. You want to tickle somebody, you tickle them in the ribs, right? And so it teaches us that a woman will be a very sensitive place in a man's life, right? You, you want to hurt a man, you hurt his wife. You, you want to get a man on his knees, get a woman to hurt him and to break him. If there's one thing in this planet that can break a man, it's not another man. It's a woman. You want to see a man cry? Give him a woman that he falls in love with and she breaks his heart all right so a woman has got this tremendous special emotional place in a man's life verse 24 says for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they'll become one flesh the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame so let's look at it so far who did God create he created both. Who did he create first? He created Adam first. Does that mean that Adam is better than Eve? No, not at all. The two of them will become one. Okay, God made them two puzzle pieces that go together. It's not that one is more important than the other. No, but here's the thing. They have different responsibilities. Two important things. God did not tell Eve to work the garden. He told Adam to work the garden. Now, what the feminist movement is trying to say is, yeah, but the woman must also work the garden and she can do it alone. No, no, no. It's not her job. It's the man's job. God gave the job to Adam. All right. And God told Adam not to eat from the tree. He didn't tell the woman. And this is where it comes down to um, the roles between men and women. A man has certain responsibilities that he receives from God. He must lead his family. He must protect his family. He must secure his family. It's not the women's job. Okay. And why are women fighting against this? Why do you want to take over the man's job and his responsibility that God has given him? 
Why do you want to take responsibility for the leadership in the family? You know why it has happened. You know why the feminist movement has actually risen. Two reasons. Number one, because of bad men. Number two, because of weak men. Men who don't lead their families and women have to stand up and they have to take over leadership because they've got terrible husbands who don't take leadership. That's the one area. The second area why feminism has arisen is because men, bad men, have abused women. They know they're stronger and so they suppress women. The reason why there's a patriarchal issue um, for hundreds of years in the West was not because of the Bible. It was because of bad men. And so men need to learn here that their responsibility is to take leadership. Okay? And that does not mean that a man is more intelligent. It does not mean that a man is more capable. It means that that is a man's responsibility. He's been designed to lead and to make sure that God's will is done in the family. Now let's read further. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. This is Genesis chapter 3. The Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now let me give you a question if you've ever read this text. Why did Satan go to the woman? Hmm, think about that for a moment. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. How did she know she's not allowed to eat of that tree? Hmm, think about that for a moment. Verse 4, you will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now, this is loaded, guys. This is loaded. We've got here thousands of years of text. This is the oldest story in the Bible, probably next to Job, okay? This, these truths have been around for thousands of years, and I want to ask the question again. You've had time to think about it. Why did Satan first go to Eve? Why didn't he go to Adam? That's the first question. Second question is, why? How, how did the woman know she's not allowed to eat of that tree? Now, let's start with the second question. How did she know she's not allowed to eat of that tree? Because God never told her. Who told her then? It was Adam. God told Adam and Adam told his wife. What does that teach you? That is what the New Testament talks about. That the man is the head. That Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of the wife. What does that mean? It talks about trickling down the commandments of God into your family. It's the husband's responsibility to teach his family what the will of God is. He must make sure that his wife is aware of what God's will is because God gave the command before Eve even existed. All right? This is how it works in God's economy. The husband is the leader in the house, the spiritual leader in the house. Okay? And he must make sure that his family knows the will of God. So Adam did a good job. He did tell his wife what God's will is. But the question is, why? Why did Satan then go to Eve first? Why didn't 
why didn't Satan go to Adam first? And this is where it gets a bit tricky and some people get very offended at this. But this is a fact, ladies and gentlemen. It is easier generally to convince or to persuade a lady. That's one of the, the things. And I've seen this in my own life and I'm going to back that up with some psychology in just a moment. I've seen that in my life. I've seen how easy it is for uh, these uh, charismatic churches where there are more women in that church than men. Why? Because that charismatic leader, that charismatic leader is so inspired. It's so easier for them to inspire ladies than it is men. I'm a man. It's not easy for another man to deceive me. Let me tell you that. Not easy. But I've seen how ladies easier get influenced by other, especially if they're charismatic men. Oh, and they've got the right way to talk to you. Oh, it's easy to swift them, to, to, to change them into your direction. I've seen it in my life as well. <coughs> I'm in ministry. And, and when I want, if I want a man to change his mind, you know what? What's the first thing that I do? The first thing I do, one of the things I've learned and I've seen this is you go talk to his wife. Why? Because it's easier to persuade the wife to your reason. And then the wife will go and she will persuade her husband. And that teaches us a second thing. That a wife has got tremendous power to sway a husband. And as I'm talking about this, I'm sure many of you are starting to think about it. I see it in my own life. We are driving along the road. We don't have a lot of bucks. Okay. And my wife says she feels like McDonald's or KFC. We don't have money for McDonald's or KFC. But somehow or another, she's got this. She, she would just say that once. And I would want to turn my heart towards her. Why? Because I love her. She's my rib. She protects my heart. Right. I want to give her what she asks for. And then I go and I spend money that I don't have on her and I'll go buy the McDonald's. All right. So women have got a tremendous ability to turn us. Satan is showing us actually he's teaching us here some truth about the sexes. OK, the genders. This is it. Men generally are more stubborn. Will not easier believe. Satan would have had a little bit of a hard time to talk to Adam about eating the tree. So he went to Eve because he knew it would be easier to influence Eve. And Eve would be able to influence her husband. Now, this is high feminist treason by me saying these things. And a lot of people would be upset about it. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the way that we've been created. And Let me give you a reason why. You can go research this yourself. There are five traits in psychology, and one of those traits are agreeableness. Agreeableness. And it's just what the word says. It's the best way that I would remember it. A woman, you'll find it easier for, to get a woman to agree with you. She's more agreeable. She's more soft. She will easier listen to you than a man. It's hard sometimes to convince a man of something. And here's the thing. God created a woman like that. Generally, women are more agreeable. This is a fact, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't me sucking this out of my thumb. You can go research it yourself. Uh, a famous psychologist, uh, Jordan Peterson, you can go listen to his talks. He's very clear on this. A woman is generally more agreeable. Why has she been made like that? Because she's the nurturer. She brings children into the world and she needs that quality if she's going to raise children. She needs that. Her body has been biologically designed to carry children. She has to be softer. She has to be more agreeable in order to create an environment for the kids to thrive in. And what feminism is saying, feminism is saying, no, deny your agreeableness. Deny the fact that you've been created by God to bring children into the world, to be a nurturer. You must be like a man. 
It's rubbish, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? In a few generations, we're going to see the pain of this. It's going to cause so much havoc. We are not equal, okay, in terms of responsibilities. We are equal in value. We are equal in purpose, but we've got different purposes. I mean, if we really want to take feminism to the extreme, okay, and say, you, you know what, women must be equal with man in all things, then I would say, that's ridiculous, please. Because then I can get jealous as well. Please, can I have breasts? Please, can I then bring children into the world? Do you remember the, 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 the movie Junior? I don't think they've already figured out how a man can have babies. Guys, we are physically different. Our brains are structured differently. We've been made like that. Why is it so hard for us to accept that in the secular sphere? You know, you are your best person when you are in the, in the position that God has placed you to be. You know, and so they fight and they say, you might, but there must be 50% of women, 50% in men everywhere. Well, more depending on how many men there are. There need to be 50% in government, 50%, you know, men, men and women in the companies and everywhere else. Then I, say the, then I say the following, but is that really true and accurate? Why don't we have then 50% of women on the construction sites laying bricks? Why don't we have 50% of women uh, working on the roads? You know, when it comes to the hard physical labor, why is it generally just men? Why are the ladies fighting for all the jobs where they just use their brains? And But the physical, the, the truth is, is that we are all different. We're all different. The, the sexes are different, but it doesn't mean that they're not equal in value. Just We just have different responsibilities. And what's so sad is that our world has created this idea that when a woman brings children into the world, and that is what she does. That she helps her husband. And that's all she does. She doesn't have a secular profession. That she's somehow worth less. That she somehow doesn't. Has lost value. Because she doesn't go to the corporate office like her husband. No man. No. That's what she's been, been designed for. And what I'll do next week is. I'll continue with this. Because I see we're already in 25 minutes. I'll show from the, from the word of God. From the Bible. Hell, it's not the case that God requires women just to raise kids and that's all that they do. No, it's not the case at all. In actual fact, we're going to read in Proverbs chapter 31 how uh, valuable a woman can be in business. And how women can run their own businesses. I'm just starting this, this, this talk on just showing that it is actually incorrect to assume that men and women must be equal in everything. Yes, I do agree that if you've got a man that is a CFO in a company and a, and, and a lady that takes his position in that CFO company, they've both got the same amount of skill, they've both got the same amount of experience, then I would say, yes, they've got to get the same salary. I mean, so you with me, I'm fighting for that. And I'm also fighting for men who abuse women. I'm definitely fighting for that. I, I would also be fighting for the fact that some women have got the same skill to do a job, but they will never... Hire a lady to do that. I agree with that. But I think we need to be very careful to say that men and women are equal in everything. And there's no distinction between them. Uh, because that is just ridiculous. And you're denying the obvious. Go look at what women look like. And look at what men look like. Men are stronger. Men are more physical. They got more hair. They're more stubborn. They get more angry. More aggressive. Look at ladies, a lot more agreeable, a lot more softer and tender, got softer voices, soft skin. I mean, that's the way they've been made. 
so that they can be nurturers. And I don't want to live in a world where men are starting to become like women and women are becoming like men. I mean, can you imagine, you know, if we extrapolate that, what is eventually going to happen? So let's keep on exploring this and we'll still look at some really important texts. So I would like to remind you for next week to, to, to know that I'm going to talk about this big issue because we've got the Joyce Myers and the, and the lady preachers in our world. How do we deal with that when the Bible so clearly says that women are not allowed to preach? And why would the Bible say that? And so we're going to talk about that next week. And so we'll extrapolate on what we've started today uh, regarding the role between a man and a woman in the house and the leadership and that, those types of things. Because I think there's a lot of confusion on that and people have questions about that. Guys, have a fantastic, fantastic week. If you're a man, be a man. If you're a lady, continue being this flower, this beautiful person that is such a blessing to the world. You know, as speaking from a man's perspective, I, I wish I could be a woman because I, I, think, I think you guys are just amazing and the world would be nothing without you. Take all the women away from the planet and we are dead. Take all the men away from the planet and the earth will just continue on beautifully. I think the ladies would be sad without their men, but generally I think the world would probably operate a little bit better. Mm. Any case, love you guys. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.